Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show and happy Friday, Junior. I'm so excited to be here. I'm always excited to be here. How fun is this? We get the next three hours together. We have an amazing show planned, including Woker Joke at 1.30, which I know people love. And until then, though, a lot to get to. Wanted to go over a couple big headlines today, especially because we have Maine listeners, Maine fans, and there has been a big decision out of Maine Uh, Maine has dismissed the appeal of kicking Trump off the ballot, which means that the Maine Supreme Court has decided that they will not undertake the appellate review and instead will require that Secretary of State Shanna Bellows's decision um, will have to await the Supreme Court decision before she can withdraw it um, or change it. So that that's just an update for people in Maine. Obviously, we're still watching Hawaii, Colorado, a lot of these states trying to kick Trump off the ballot so that they can save democracy because this is where we're at. You know, you need to make sure people can't decide who they want to vote for in order to ensure that the integrity of democracy survives. Now, meanwhile, in Texas, huge story still um, unfolding Governor Greg Abbott, who I feel like he's he's on his way to being the new Ron DeSantis. He's making strides when it comes to being the most evil man on the face of the planet. I don't want to say I haven't heard any comparisons to Hitler yet, but it's still early, you know, and we still have one more day left of the week, so I wouldn't be surprised. But there was obviously a, a huge decision that the Supreme Court decided um, to side with the White House, to, to, to side with the Biden administration. It was a close decision. It wasn't like unanimous. It was I think it was a 5-4 decision. But um, they decided to vacate a court order that stopped the feds from cutting razor wire along the border in Texas. And now it's starting to get interesting because Greg Abbott is not backing down despite that SCOTUS decision. And I talked about this with Howie yesterday because now I'm sure we're going to hear about how when the Supreme Court makes a decision, if you don't follow it, it's dangerous. But when Democrats don't follow it, when Joe Biden doesn't follow it, when it comes to when it comes to canceling student loan debt and, and so many other things, that's speaking truth to power. But if they make a decision that the Biden administration likes or that the left likes, then it's settled law. And Greg Abbott is going against settled law. So it looks like the Texas troops are not going to stand down and let the border be overrun. So what happens next is a big question. And I guess it really comes down to how bad does Joe Biden want to let people overrun the border in Texas and overrun the border in general? And you know what the crazy part is? He really seems to want that. Like, here's a guy who I don't think 
and maybe it's not him, but his administration, they make a lot of decisions where I can't figure out what their end goal is. I can't figure out what they want. And, And people ask me this all the time. Like sometimes I'll talk to my mom about what's going on in the world and she'll say, I just don't understand what Democrats want. Like, do they see where this is going? What is their end goal? And a lot of times I don't have an answer. I don't know if they if they think that their, you know, their moral compass or their their causes are so wonderful that that they're willing to sacrifice a lot of things along the way. I don't know. I can't get into the mind of a Democrat and try to explain to people how they see all of this playing out. But the more I look at the border, I'm like, it does seem like they're just hell bent on letting the country be overrun. It seems it seems like that's the mission is to open the floodgates and let everybody in. Because when you think about it, the only time that this administration shows any sort of determination, like any sort of energy or motivation to do anything is when they see someone, whether it be Greg Abbott or some state, taking a stand and securing their border. That's the only time they even seem to acknowledge the border. And you look at, for example, the Haitian migrants, the the whipping of the Haitian migrants. Up until that point, Mayorkas, Kamala Harris, the borders are, Joe Biden. You would have thought that we didn't have any issues on the border. The, that, that's how little attention they gave to this. And then when they thought they could vilify the Border Patrol agents and they could maybe get a couple good headlines out of it, they ran to the cameras. And then you had Ducey in Arizona, and he had, he started putting shipping containers blocking the border. And again, they get all their lawyers at the White House, and they say, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. And now you have Greg Abbott, and they've got this razor wire, and they're trying to stop people from illegally crossing into Texas. And again, that lights a fire under the asses of the Biden administration. They're not going to do anything to protect the border, but they will be damned if these states or these governors or these people think they can protect their own borders. Just because we're not going to protect the border doesn't mean you can. And John Daniel Davidson, who we've had on the show before, he wrote a piece on this and he said, will Joe Biden send federal troops to wrest control of the border from Texas by force? Now, that's when this could get really ugly. I don't think Joe Biden will go to that extent. I don't think he wants to see that happen. But wouldn't that be amazing if that's the effort he makes? He's like, I will go to the ends of the earth to make sure that Texas does not have a secure border. If he only put the if he put the same amount of energy or dedication into securing the border as he does into making sure that other people can't secure the border, then maybe we wouldn't have an issue. Like that, he's like Lex Luthor. The only if he could just channel that same level of interest into securing the border is fighting Greg Abbott or fighting Ron DeSantis or fighting Donald Trump. If he could just take that energy and channel it into 
letting the Border Patrol agents do their job and enforce the law, that he might not have such a big problem on his hands. Now, Ted Cruz has been very, very vocal, which is awesome, because I would put Ted Cruz, Jared, on the list of people who can handle the media. And for people who aren't aware of this list I've got going, there are certain Republicans who do a really good job of it. And there are certain Republicans who should just stick to pushing papers and maybe stay away from the cameras. But a lot of times with politicians, it's grandstanding, it's theatrics. But if you do it right, it can serve a purpose. And Ted Cruz is a really, really smart guy. And when he he's a great public speaker. He's like Vivek Ramaswamy. He knows how to work it. And... He knows how to get his point across, and he has been very vocal about this deal that Mitch McConnell and other GOP senators were pushing. And we're going to play sound cuts of him later on, but it's this deal is just to give, it's a cover to give Ukraine more money, because that's what we should be doing, right? It's a cover to send Ukraine more money, to tie it to border security, and to also... As if that's not enough that we're going to send all this money to Ukraine. It's also going to give Democrats and Joe Biden a nice talking point to say they did something in regards to securing the border. Now, Ted Cruz and other GOP senators have been very, very um, determined to stop this. They don't think this is a good deal. Ted Cruz doesn't think it's going to do anything to secure the border. He actually thinks it's going to make things worse. And I guess now the opposition to this bill is so overwhelming that Mitch McConnell, of all people, is finally taking the hint and saying, you know, we can't link this to Ukraine, which is a big win for people for people who are on the side of sanity. If we can decouple these two things Um, and also just a side note on Mitch McConnell, I guess, according to Punchbowl, which has all like the, you know the inside scoop, the Beltway scoop, he also referred to Trump as the nominee and said he didn't want to undermine his agenda, which I found interesting. We'll talk about all of that, but you know what I I want to also hit on today? Maybe I'll save this. I wasn't going to talk about the Barbie movie because I don't think anyone in my audience cares. But there is something I have to say. So if you miss this, the Oscar nominations came out. And not that anybody, again, like just add that to the Barbie movie. None of my audience cares. But the Oscar nominations come out and Ryan Gosling, who's in the Barbie movie, gets a nomination for like best supporting, best supporting actor in a comedy, whatever. And Margot Robbie does not get a nomination for Barbie. And everyone's mad. Everyone's like, see, this is the patriarchy. Ryan Gosling who played Ken and and Barbie didn't get one. It's also stupid. I keep seeing all these headlines being like, Barbie was snubbed. Barbie was snubbed. Barbie was not snubbed at the Oscars. Barbie got nominated for Best Picture, which I don't think it should have. And Barbie got nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. And America Ferreira got a nomination and Ryan Gosling. There's no framing of this that you could convince me Barbie got snubbed. Okay, that is just complete BS. I would never have brought this up. Okay, Ryan Gosling comes out with this statement where he's like, I'm not, um, it's an honor to be nominated, but, you know, I do wish that my co-stars, whatever, you know, he's virtue signaling. Again, ridiculous. Like, there's real problems in the world. I don't think anyone feels bad for Ryan Gosling that he got nominated for an Oscar, but his friends didn't. Like, ooh, wah, big, big deal. All of this to say, though, the reason I'm talking about it is because Hillary Clinton decides to get involved. 
She's the serpent who guards the gates of hell. Because guess what, everyone? I can take a hint, and I know the stuff that you guys say to yourselves when you're driving your cars, and I start talking about it. I know the things where you go, shut up, Grace. Please stop. Please stop. I can't hear about the Barbie movie. I get that. I can take a hint, believe it or not. Not all the time, but sometimes. But once Hillary Clinton gets involved, then the world starts to, you know, collide a little bit here. And saying, look at me. Listen to me. And I think we've underestimated what an egomaniac Hillary Clinton is because there's so many other things to dislike about her. But good God. So I see yesterday Hillary Clinton commented on the Barbie thing. And I'm thinking she just put up something about how it's so unfair that Margot Robbie and, you know, again, boo-hoo. I feel so bad for all these people. Barbie made like a billion dollars. I feel so bad for all these actresses who are just, you know, they have a right to sing the blues. So I, I see that headline. I don't even think about it. I'm like, oh, Hillary Clinton probably put out some stupid statement. I didn't realize that Hillary Clinton, this is the statement she puts out. Greta, that's the director, Greta and Margot, while it can sting to win the box office but not take home the gold, your millions of fans love you. You're so much more than Knuff. That's like a joke from the movie. Hashtag Hillary Barbie. So she's comparing the snub at the Oscars to, I guess, what she would call her snub in 2016. This woman, I would call her insufferable. It doesn't do it justice. She has this ability to make everything about herself. Like, how is the Barbie movie somehow about the fact that you lost a zillion years ago? Most of the kids who saw the Barbie movie, they don't even know who you are anymore. I I, got to keep going with this. I'm not done yet. So just put a pin in this for now. We will be back. Uh, But the other thing I wanted to tell you guys is as much as this might drive you crazy, this conversation, here's a conversation you can get on board with. Delicious steak. Okay, and that's what Omaha Steak can do. You are going to get a delivery of Omaha Steaks. And it's not just steak, by the way. It's chicken. It's pork chops. It's beef franks. It's everything you love. Everything that everyone in your family loves. There's something for everyone when it comes to Omaha Steaks. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash grace, my listeners will get four free boneless chicken breasts and four free boneless pork chops, which are so easy to cook up. They're great for any night of the week. They're great to have in like a stash in the freezer and you can just pull them out on a weeknight when you're exhausted and you don't know what to cook and every bite of Omaha steaks no matter what you're getting the sides the desserts the entrees every bite is so good this is also a great gift if you want to give it as a gift but I really want you guys to check it out and then I want you to tell us how you cooked it up because everybody cooks things up differently you know I'm a cast iron skillet girl Jared you're a big fan of the grill I am I love to grill some hot dogs grill some burgers grill some steaks just something about that smoky flavor and the grill marks really does it. I think that's, the, I mean, I total respect for the cast iron pan. I mean, this country was settled with cast iron pans and Dutch ovens. Total respect for it. But uh, I I am definitely a grill guy. You're not trying to fight today. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, well, if you want to, no matter which way you want to grill it up, if you want to grill it, you want to cast iron skillet it, we don't care as long as you try Omaha Steaks because you're going to love it. Go to omahasteaks.com slash grace and you'll get those four free chicken breasts, four free pork chops, and everything else in between that you're going to love. omahasteaks.com slash grace. Minimum purchase may apply. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. 
This is the Grace Curley Show. Oh, hey. You've caught me reading. Oh. I've been thinking. Mm-hmm. Kenland? Kendom. Kendom. Kendom Land. Land of... Land the, of the free and the men. Right. Well, this place... <laughs> I did see Barbie. I will be honest, though. I, I stopped. I didn't watch the entire thing. It wasn't terrible, and, and I'm not here to... Sometimes I think conservatives love to hate on things that are, you know, mainstream so much. I didn't mind it. I thought it was it was cool to watch. Um, I thought, you know, the, the colors, the set, everything like that was cool. Um, I didn't think it was amazing, though. Like, some of the people that I'm friendly with, some people my age, they act like this movie broke the mold. I did not think I did not think it was Oscar worthy, period. And I think the Oscars would have been better if they had just snubbed the whole thing. But now here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. And I'm going to preface this by saying I like Ryan Gosling. I like him. He's one of my one of my favorite actors, I would say. He puts out this statement where he wants to have it both ways. He's like, you know, it's an honor to be nominated. But my female coworkers, there would be no Ken without Barbie. Guess what, Ryan? If you feel that strongly about it, you know what you can do? You can reject the nomination. It's been done before. You, you can put your money where your mouth is. And if you feel like it's that much of a slight to Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig, then don't accept the nomination and then actually make a stand. Otherwise, you're just virtue signaling, but you still want to show up and be able to say that you got nominated for an Oscar. I think that's so weak. Now, the, the more important part is the Hillary Clinton of it all. That she says, like, I understand what it's like to win at the box office, but not win the gold. She's the serpent who guards the gates of hell. Shut up. What are you? Are you? You need to move on dot org. It's getting really sad, Hillary. And to be frank, we're all getting a little concerned about you. This is you're becoming now like the crazy lady on the street who keeps shouting the same thing over and over again. Like I'm getting worried. And I don't think Bill's doing a good job of, you know, helping her out, helping her through this time. Where's he been? Because this woman has lost her marbles. She's still talking about the election this many years later and somebody let her tweet that? Like I have to imagine that someone from the Clinton Foundation, that one of her, you know, her interns sees the thing she puts out. And somebody said to her, this is a really good idea. It was probably the same person who, when she put out that photo of her when she was little and she said, happy birthday, future president. Probably the same person who gave that the thumbs up, gave this tweet the thumbs up. But like, if I were working for her, I would actually do her the solid. If you like her, you know, if you're on her side, I would say, I get what you're going for. But this is not going to land. Don't make the Barbie movie about you. She's just jealous that a Barbie doll has a presidential pin and White House set and she doesn't. Maybe. I just, my whole thing is people have this uncanny ability to immediately go, this is about me. And like, yeah, I've done it too. It's fun. But once in a while, don't you see a story and you put out that tweet and right before you hit send, you go, Maybe I don't need to be the center of this. Maybe my election loss in 2016 doesn't need to be roped in to the Oscars in 2024. It's giving a loser. We're going to talk about the border when we come back. I'm curious, though, if anybody agrees with me. Don't go anywhere. 
live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. So this is from Breitbart. It says Republican Senate leader Mitch McConnell is reportedly backing away from his pro-migration border bill amid a mutiny by multiple GOP senators. It's about damn time. We are long overdue for a mutiny. If I do say so myself, McConnell told a closed meeting of Senate Republicans Wednesday that the politics of the border has flipped for Republicans and cast doubt on linking Ukraine and border Punchbowl News reported early Wednesday evening. Now, whenever you hear of a bipartisan bill, and I don't have to tell my audience this, you guys are smart, you know, bipartisan just means Republicans are about to get rolled. Republicans are going to get a whole lot of nothing. And in exchange, Democrats will get tons of money for whatever they want and nothing will really improve for the American people. And I guess now Mitch McConnell is starting to read the tea leaves and he understands that because Trump is going to be the nominee and because senators like Ted Cruz are not going to just go along to get along, this whole linking of Ukraine and the border bill is not happening. Thank God. And the part of it that drives me crazy is like, well, you just don't want Biden to have a win close to the election. And Ted Cruz broke down what this bill is all about. And yeah, it might give Biden a talking point, but it's not going to secure the border. This is what they keep going for. Like, I keep hearing John Kirby. I keep hearing a lot of these Democrats even Rep- Representative Dan Goldman had the cojones to say it to a mother who was at a hearing, a congressional hearing. She was testifying and she had lost her daughter to a fentanyl overdose. And he had the audacity to say, like, well, wouldn't you agree we need more Border Patrol agents? They just constantly want more money. That's what they think is going to fix this. When in reality, and this is what Ted Cruz pointed out and I appreciated, he pointed out the fact that Donald Trump didn't need these giant bills in order to secure the border. He was able to just enforce the law. Like, well, why don't you try that first? Try to enforce the law. And then if you find out you need more money for it, then we'll talk. But if you're not going to even start with the basics of securing the border and stopping people from just coming in unvetted, then no, you're not getting a blank check. And by the way, I I totally agree with Greg Abbott's decision to refuse to have the Texas National Guard stand down. Because as John Daniel Davidson points out, they have a right to defend themselves. They don't have to sit there and take this. And the bizarre part is that Joe Biden seems to want a lot of these border states to just give up. Because he's not going to help them. Now, Biden, speaking of, he was at um, the UAW yesterday and very, very strange performance, as we've come to expect. But I wanted to play this cut. Um, This is cut one, and then I'll react to it. This is Joe Biden. And I mean it sincerely. I'm supposedly an expert in foreign policy. I've known every major world leader for the past 25 years. I love that he said that. I'm supposedly an expert on foreign policy. Really? Is that why everything's going so smoothly around the world right now? Because you're back in action? Is this normalcy restored, all these wars breaking out? 
Is this your expertise at play here? Is this, is this what we get? If this is what happens when you have an expert at the helm, I preferred having an amateur. I preferred having an outsider. I preferred having someone who didn't know any of these people until he was elected. Because if this is what knowing all of these people and being involved in this for so long and being an expert, if, the, if these are the results, then we were better off with a novice. And by the way, all I could think about when he said that, I'm supposedly an expert in foreign policy. Not according to Robert Gates, former defense secretary. I'll never forget that quote as long as I live. He said, I think he's been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. And he was asked about it when Joe Biden was running in 2020. He was asked about it by the media because there's such there's such desperate hacks that they so badly wanted Robert Gates to take this back. You know, they so badly wanted him to retract that statement or to change it or to say, oh, I was misquoted or, oh, I had a change of heart or, oh, I was wrong. And so they sat down with him and they said, you know, can can we talk about that quote about Joe Biden? And he wouldn't take it back. He likes Joe Biden, too. That's the craziest part. He likes him. He probably wants to take it back. He probably wishes he could take it back, but he couldn't tell them that he changed his mind. Because he knows it's true. Joe Biden's been wrong on every major foreign policy decision and national security issue over the past four decades. So, no, you're not a foreign policy expert, according to Robert Gates. But I guess what does he know, right? Maybe Hunter thinks he's a foreign policy expert. That's what really matters. Hunter's the smartest guy he knows. Maybe that's who's doling out these compliments. That wasn't the only thing, though, that I found interesting from Joe Biden's appearance at the UAW. Actually, you know, he he had a couple of gaffes. He was speaking for more than 20 seconds, so that's what happened. He, I'm sure he had a teleprompter. I'm sure he had a cheat sheet. And yet, he still had a lot of moments that made people kind of scratch their heads. That's not what I even care about, though. What I thought was very, very telling was that Sean Fain, who's the UAW union boss, was on with Neil Cavuto. And Neil Cavuto asked him, and this happens in a lot of unions, and I'd actually be curious if any of the listeners who belong to unions could call in. Because oftentimes you'll see, and I see this in Boston, the unions will support uh, all the Democrats. You know, that's just what they do. And they'll put up these big signs and say, you know, we stand behind so-and-so. Just insert any Democrat far-left radical's name. But the people who work for these unions, the union workers, a lot of times are normal, hardworking, sane, that's the key, sane human beings. And so a lot of times those people don't back these Democrat politicians, even though the union's telling them, like, this is who we're supporting. And so Neil Cavuto brings this up to Sean Fain. And you have to hear Sean Fain's response. This is cut five. Many of your own members now, Sean, are, are very big Trump supporters. I don't know the breakdown. You know that far better than I. But that a, a good many of them are at Trump rallies and are MAGA enthusiasts. How do you feel about that? Look, every, it's what makes this country, you know, a, a beacon for other countries. You know, it's, it's democracy in action. Um, look, let me be clear about this. A great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. Uh, yes, some will. 
Uh, but that's the reality of this. Uh, the ma majority of our members are going to vote their paychecks. They're going to vote for an economy that works for them, and they're going to vote for a president. When you look at these two presidents, the choice is very clear about which one stands up with the working class and stands up for labor, and which one stands for the billionaire class, and that's his base. I mean, I, I know that. Come on, man. I think the choice is very clear. I don't think you're supposed to say that, though. I, I don't think you're supposed to say that out loud. And good, good for Sean Fain. Maybe he truly is like the honey badger and he don't give a bleep. But I've never seen that before. And I'm actually surprised that I didn't get more play. I, I saw that cut and I was like, whoa, I feel like that's a big story. He's saying a majority of the workers would vote for Donald Trump. Again, I'm not shocked by that, but am I shocked that the UAW union boss is saying that right on the heels of Joe Biden showing up and trying to, like, you know, connect with the UAW in guaranteed in a very unsuccessful fashion. But he was there. He was trying to, you know, show that he's a union guy. Not sure if he brought any hoagies this time around. But he was trying to flex his like Joe six pack, you know, I'm, I'm the poorest man in Congress type deal. Yeah, that is a strange move, especially after the United Auto Workers endorsed Joe Biden for president. That's literally why he was talking to Neil Cavuto. <laughs> and then he ends it by being like, but no one's actually going to vote for him. He has our endorsement, but none of the guys who actually work here are going to go in and vote for him. I mean, come on. They're going to vote with their paychecks. I would I would actually say that that is something that most Americans are going to do, God willing. And I was thinking about this from our conversation yesterday. We had a lot of callers who were saying, oh, you know, like the suburban women. And it dawned on me, and I told these women, but I'm going to tell them again. And by the way, I, a lot of these women call up and they're like, I love Trump. I don't know who these suburban women are who don't like him, but I like him. I'm not speaking for all of you, but there are, you know, the polls show there are suburban women who aren't big fans of Trump. And I'm here to tell those women, like, you don't have to tell anybody, you know, like you can go in and vote for whoever you want. You don't have to tell people that you voted for Trump. You just do it on the just do it on the DL. Right, Jared? Just do it on the sneak. Yeah. A lot of people are going to do that, I think. I think a lot of people did it. Fingers crossed. I think a lot of people are going to do that. A lot of people are going to look around and say, this bleep show got to end. Yeah. No, exactly. And it's oh, like, I, I would never vote for Orange Man bad yeah, publicly. You don't, you don't have to put up a sign. You don't even have to tell. Don't even tell anybody. Don't tell me. Like, keep your bumper sticker on your car, but just do us all a solid and do the right thing when you get in there. But with your friends at the coffee shop, you know, on Twitter, when you go to the, the, the book club every month and you have your white wine and you want to chat about it, just keep going with the, oh, God, I hate Trump. Did you hear what he said this time? Did you hear the, did you hear the stuff he's putting out on True Social? Just disgusting. Did you see what he said about Nikki Haley's dress? What a pig. Just keep that up. I'm not going to blow your cover, but you, you got to do the right thing when you're behind the screens. When you're behind the curtain, okay? Now, here's a headline from Raider Online. It says, Barack and Michelle Obama convinced bumbling Joe Biden has lost his grip ahead of election. What tipped you off? What gave it away? Wow. Ableism, ageism much? Obama's? I'm so sick of reading these headlines about how Barack Obama is like, oh, no, he's seriously fed up with Joe Biden. Does anyone believe this? Like, oh, they had a secret meeting, according to Radar Online, which... 
consider the source, as Alec Baldwin would say. But they have this secret meeting where Barack and Michelle are really giving Joe Biden a stare down and like give it, reading him the riot act about how he's, you better shape up because we need a man. You know, we're going to lose this if you don't get your act together. It's like yelling at a toddler. Do you really think that's effective at this point? Like yelling at this guy? If anything, it's mean. You're, you're, you're going to sit in a room and yell at Joe Biden. He's not in control of anything. Yeah, you guys are in control. Yeah, yeah. Look in the mirror. Start yelling at each other. Maybe pull Dr. B, Nana, Jill aside and say, hey, you know, you got to step in. But yelling at Joe, I mean, I think if I were in this situation, Jared, I'd come to his defense. I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. The man is just a victim in all of this. I'd let him get yelled at. I dislike him that much. Don't take it out on him. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even know what time it is. 844-500-4242. 844-500-4242. But I do love that. Joe, uh, Barack Obama and Michelle convinced bumbling Joe Biden has lost his grip. Really? What What was it that made you think that? Was it the Easter Bunny? Was it the cheat cards that he uses? Was it the falling? Was it the sniffing? Was it every time he gets asked a question by a reporter, he looks like he's going to eat the microphone? And he tries to rub his forehead into everybody else's foreheads. Was it the forehead? Was that what really pushed you guys over the limits where you said, we got to step in here? I'm just curious. What was it? 844-500-4242. When we come back, we've got a lot of great sound for you. And uh, we're going to play some of this. Kamala Harris, actually, she's been doing a lot more interviews. And she sat down with famously tough interviewer Katie Couric. And they talked a little bit about Trump supporters and, again, Joe Biden and his stamina and how he's just he's the energizer bunny. He's got so much vigor. You know, he's just he never slows down. I'm sure Kamala Harris has a hard time keeping up with him because that's that's just how nonstop this guy's work ethic is. Well, she does have like those eight inch heels or whatever that she was talking about. Did she talk about that, too? Uh, yeah, this was something she said. Like she was tired. Apparently, she was tired of people saying she's five one, she's five seven in heels. That's or something like that. Thank God. I don't know. I'm so, so glad I, they're getting to these I guess, issues. Yeah. Did they talk about the Barbie movie at all? <laughs> I did not see that. So. We'll be right back. We'll take your calls, and we're going to play a lot of great sound. Plus, speaking of Kamala Harris, electric buses. It's a it's a bad week for electric buses. Unfortunately for the VP, we'll get to that when we come back. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. This is the Grace Curley Show. We have big news here on Peter Navarro. I'm actually going to save it, but I'll just read you the headline. Ex-Trump advisor Peter Navarro sentenced for contempt of Congress in Capitol riot probe. Again, if you ignore a subpoena, you can get in a lot of trouble as long as your name isn't Hunter Biden. If your name's Hunter Biden, you can make a complete ass of yourself. You can have 
as much of a performance on the steps of the Capitol. You can show up to these hearings with all your lawyers and your cameras and your sugar bros. And it's wonderful. Everyone supports you. Everyone thinks you're the victim. Everyone's on your side. But if you're Peter Navarro or if you're anyone else, if you're a Republican, get ready. Because you're going to end up in a Hinkley cell at some point if, if, you, if you get a little too bold for the justice system. Today's poll question is brought to you by Colette Tours and the November 16th listener getaway to Iceland with Caroline Levitt. For more information, go to gracecurleyshow.com and click on the listener getaway banner. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurleyshow.com is who has the biggest ego, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, or Barack Obama? Okay, this is a really tough one. It is. But in light of Hillary Clinton making a movie about her loss from 2016, I'm going to go HRC. Only 24% for Hillary, which is surprising. 68% for Barack Obama, 8% for Joe Biden. No, I, I get why people think that. Because I think she's a little bit more subtle about her narcissism. But I can make the case. Just give me the next two hours. I will make the case. Unless you guys don't want me to. And then just vote for her. And I'll be quiet. Lou, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Lou. Grace, please don't make the case. <laughs> they're, 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 all, they're all a bunch of nutballs. And they're all egocentric. And they're all narcissists. What, what, you know, I mean, six of one, half a dozen of the other with that, with that crew. I mean... Uh, but, but I got a couple of things I want to run by. Uh, one thing that just came to my mind is about the uh, suburban women voters. I mean, you know, the same people that like Hillary Clinton are the same people who watch Rachel Maddow. I mean, they, they every word that comes out of their mouths they think is like a gem, you know, is gold, you know. And so then they they worship these people. I don't know why. I think it's I think they do it mostly for um, their status. And they're and they said not to. I can, they can't say they vote for Trump or endorse uh, Trump in public. So they do it for their own social status. So that's that. But anyway, but what I want to call that was that was Barack Obama and all these guys. What we're seeing now, especially here with the the immigration thing, the Democrats just want immigrants to just keep pouring over no matter what. We'll talk about that, Lou, when we come back because it seems like you're saying a lot of the same thing Ted Cruz was talking about to reporters. We'll get to that on the other side. 